You go to your spouse and you say, baby, I want to be your department store of love. (laughs) And I realize I'm not perfect. I realize I've got issues and I want to make you happy. And I'm not successful until you tell me I'm successful. And if there's something that you need, I'm going to give you a new one. I'm not going to hassle you. It it doesn't mean I'm always going to agree with what you say, but my desire is to please you and you will never pay a price for being honest with me. I'm Jimmy Evans, co-host of the Marriage Today podcast. Today we have a great teaching for you that I pray grows your marriage and blesses you as you seek to center your marriage on Christ. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast channel to be notified of every new show. God bless you. In every good marriage, there's an atmosphere where you're not afraid to tell the truth. You're not afraid to say how you feel. And you have to cultivate that. Now, there, I tell the story of two stores that I shop in, one, one that I still shop in. That's a wonderful store. Um, and I went in there one day, and I had bought a jacket, a leather jacket. This was two or three years after I bought the jacket, and the shoulder was going out on the jacket. And I walked in and I put the jacket on the counter there and I said, uh, and there was a young lady behind the counter and I said, would you guys mind fixing that for me and sending it out to get fixed? And she said, oh, what happened? I said, well, the shoulder's just kind of messed up. I said, I think they can just fix it. She said, no, just get another one. And I said, no, I don't want to buy another one. She said, no, no, just get another one. And I said, no, I don't want to buy another one. She said, no, just go over to the rack over there and pick one out. You have it. And I said, how much? And she said, free. This shoulder shouldn't have gone out. I said, I can go over there and get another jacket for free. And she said, yeah, just go over there and pick you one out right over there. So I went over there, and it, the one I picked out was more expensive than the other one. <laughs> and I walked over to her, and I put the jacket up on the counter. And I said, yeah, I found one that I like here. I said, but this is more expensive than the other one. Uh, and she said, thank you. She scanned a little deal. said, thank you, Mr. Evans. That's all we need. And I left that store, and I just thought, I like those people. <laughs> I feel safe shopping here. You know, because she didn't make me feel guilty. She didn't say, well, did you fall down in it or something? Did you do something? Do you have a habit of rubbing your shoulder against the wall? You know, she didn't try to shame me. She didn't try to talk me out of it. She just said, hey, great. Well, we'll give you another one. Well, Well, there's another store that, that I used to shop in. Don't shop anymore. And someone gave me a shirt. I wear 1736 shirts. So they gave me a fitted shirt, 1736, as a gift. And so Karen was ironing one day, and I said, Karen, would you press this shirt? I want to think I want to wear it. And so she pressed the shirt, and I put it on, but it didn't fit because it was an Italian cut. <laughs> and so I put it in the box, took it back to the store, uh, walked in the, the store and laid it up on the counter, and I said to the young man behind the counter, I said, uh, I'd like to uh, just get a, re- a replacement for this shirt if I could just exchange it. I said, it doesn't fit. And he said, he opened it up, looked at it, he said, this shirt's been worn. And I said, no, it hadn't been worn. I said, uh, it hadn't been washed or anything, it hadn't been worn. I tried it on, I said, and it doesn't fit, but my, my wife did press it. And he said, we can't take back to use merchandise, this shirt's been worn. I said, the shirt hadn't been worn. And he said, yeah, it has. I said, no, it hadn't. And so he went and got his manager. And so the manager came over uh, and walked over, and the young man said to the manager, this man wants to re- return this shirt uh, but it's been worn. I said, no, it has not been worn. I said, my wife pressed the shirt. The shirt has not been worn. Well, the manager never looked at me, never made eye contact. So the manager took the shirt out of the box and looked at it like this. He put it up in the light, looked at it like this, and then he started sniffing the armpits. 
And he sniffed both armpits, threw the shirt down on the counter and said, give him another one and walked off. And I thought, you guys need to be thankful. I know Jesus. <laughs> I drag your pretty self right over that counter. Oh my gosh. I mean, the, the way that makes you feel, you liar, you lie, you wore the shirt, you know. And you're sitting there like, who wants to do business there? Well, let me say this. You do know that you have a customer relations counter in your marriage. Okay. The best stores know they're not perfect. But the best stores are trying to be perfect. And the attitude of good stores is, we know we're not perfect. We're not threatened by your complaints. And we'll make it right. Anything that you don't like, we're here to make it right. We want to be your department store. We want to be your store of choice. We want you to trust us. We're not threatened by your complaints. Okay. And so that, that's the good. The bad ones are sniff the armpits, throw it down, you know, all that stuff. So, but you do have a customer relations counter. And so here's, here's what a good marriage has in it. You go to your spouse and you say, baby, I want to be your department store of love. And I realize I'm not perfect. I realize I've got issues. And I want to make you happy. And I'm not successful until you tell me I'm successful. And if there's something that you need, I'm going to give you a new one. Yes. I'm not going to hassle you. It, does, it doesn't mean I'm always going to agree with what you say. But my desire is to please you. And you will never pay a price for being honest with me. Yes. So when we develop an atmosphere of honesty within our relationship, it just means you're safe to complain. Now in bad marriages, when we get people in counseling and they start complaining and, we say, and I say, have you said that to them? They go, oh no, they'll, they'll go ballistic. I can never say that to them. If, if you're threatened by your spouse's complaints, there's something wrong and you're not gonna be able to get the anger out of your marriage. It doesn't go away because you don't talk about it. It just accumulates. Okay, so that's the first, don't. Don't deny your anger. Number two, don't. Don't justify sin because you're angry. The Bible says, be angry, but don't sin. And so a lot of times in marriage counseling, I'm listening to people justify their behavior. They're justifying their sin because their spouse has sinned. They're both sinning against each other, but they're both justifying it. So the Bible says, be angry, but don't, don't justify bad behavior because you're angry. Well, they may be mad, and that's why I said this and this. No, no, you don't do it. Number three, don't go to bed on your anger. It says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. When you go to bed on anger, what it does is it destroys your, your feelings of passion and intimacy. The way that couples go out of, fall from passionately in love to out of love is one drop of anger at a time. That you don't, that you don't uh, it'll, it will destroy the garden of your love is another way to say that. You have to deal with it. It creates a habit pattern for you and your children. And then it builds an intensity for future generation. The reason that we blow up in anger is because of accumulated anger. Today's anger is manageable. Today's anger is fine. Yesterday's anger is very dangerous. And the more we have of yesterday's anger and previous anger, the more volatile our fights are going to become. So we have to deal with this every day. And the fourth is don't give the devil a place in your marriage. This is don't give the devil a foothold. Be angry. Don't sin. Don't let the sun go down. Don't give the devil a foothold. First of all, he's a deceiver. Satan is a deceiver. By the way, when it says that uh, don't give the devil a foothold, the word there is diabolos. It means slander. Don't give the devil an opportunity to come and slander your spouse. The first thing the devil will do is try to convince you that doing the right thing won't work. 
that, that, you can do the, that you can produce positive results with negative behavior, which is deception. But he's also an accuser. Let me tell you Karen and I's uh, testimony here. So we didn't know how to process anger. And, uh, and I would give Karen the silent treatment because that's what I was raised in. And so I would come home and Karen would complain to me about golfing or whatever it was I was doing or wasn't doing. And we would fight. And I would say things to her that were hurt her feelings. Then I went, I went quiet for two or three days at a time. And I did it to punish her. Well, I went to bed on anger. In the first three years of our marriage, I went to bed on anger hundreds and hundreds of times. Well, what makes the devil dangerous is stealth. When in the Garden of Eden, Satan took the form of a serpent. The reason that serpents are dangerous is because they blend in. They don't want you to, to see them. The devil never comes to you and presents himself as the devil. He presents himself as you. Let me give you an example. When you go to bed angry at someone, you open a door for uh, demonic influences. So we give the devil a foothold. When you go to bed angry and you have all these thoughts in your mind that are going through your mind, did you know that a lot of those aren't your thoughts? They're coming from the devil? He wants you to think they're yours. Did you know if you sit there and stew all night on those thoughts, you wake up the next morning and you've been counseled by the devil and you don't know it? You think you're enlightened. I did that for three years at Karen. And after three years of marriage, I had two very strong beliefs, very strong beliefs. Number one is there's something wrong with Karen. She's the problem. I'm Mr. Wonderful. I just accidentally married the devil's ex-wife. Who knew? Who knew? The second thought I had is I married the wrong woman. I was very firmly convinced of that. And I came home one night after golfing. Karen confronted me, and I said to her in, in great anger, you get out of this house, you go pack your stuff, and you get out of this house. I'm sick of it, and I'm sick of you. You get out of here. So she ran into the bedroom crying, and that's the night I went into the living room, and I asked the Lord. I said, Lord, teach me how to be a husband. I don't know. And I, it was the first humility I'd ever shown in our marriage. And at that instant of time, it was like something fell off of my eyes. I don't know how to explain it. But the instant before that, I just thought, I'm, I'm just a wonderful person, and Karen's just terrible. The instant after, I could see myself for the jerk that I was, and I could see Karen for the precious person that she was. And I went into the, the bedroom, and I apologized to Karen. But I'm telling you, I was under the influence of Diabolos, and I didn't know it. He had slept with me night after night after night and slandered my precious wife to me. When you go to bed on anger, you will see your spouse through the devil's eyes. When you forgive each other and learn to deal with your anger properly, you're going to see each other through God's eyes. And that's what happened to Karen and me when we began, our marriage began to be healed, is I began to see her through God's eyes because I forgave her and I stopped the dysfunctional going to bed on anger. Listen to me. Here's the discipline in your marriage. Don't go to bed angry. Just don't go to bed angry. If you do go to bed angry, you say it's not that big of a deal, but you go to bed angry, you make a decision before you go to bed, you're going to talk about it the next day. But let me say this, the later it gets, the more humble you'll become. You just get more tired. You know, early in the day, you got a lot of fight in you. Later it gets, just maybe it's my fault. But we say, this, we're, not, we're not doing this dysfunctional go to bed on anger stuff. We're not going to punish each other through the silent treatment, that dysfunctional stuff. It doesn't work. When we get angry at each other, we're going to talk it out. We're going to talk it out now. Let me say this. So, so you might say, well, what happens if my spouse won't talk to me? 
then, then you devil proof your heart before you go to bed by forgiving them before you go to bed. Amen. And you devil proof your heart. But I'm saying, don't, don't deny, be angry. Don't deny your anger. Don't sin. Don't let the sun go down in your anger. Don't give the devil a foothold because he will come in and he'll use your unresolved anger as an opportunity to slander your spouse to you. And I'm saying to all of you, because it happened to me, if you've, if you've had problems and you're, you have gone to bed on anger a lot, don't trust your beliefs about your spouse. Hey, this is Brent Evans with Exo Marriage. And I want to thank you for listening to the Marriage Today podcast. We believe your marriage has a 100% chance of success if you do it God's way. If you enjoyed today's teaching and want to keep learning, hey, subscribe to the Marriage Today podcast and take some time to leave us a review. Your reviews help us spread the word and can encourage someone else in need. For more great marriage content, check out exomarriage.com where you can see all of our marriage building resources, articles, and live events.